0: Well, good morning. I am glad you all are here. Uh, we already had um, Sunrise service, so I did the good sermon there, so you're out of luck. Actually, Johnny, could you start the sermon for me? I'm just yeah. kidding.. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. That's fun. I was, I sat in my, as soon as he did I sat in my chair debating, should I say that or not? <laughs> and I decided on no until I got up here and thought, you know what, why, why not have fun, right? Um, all right, well, I'm, I, it was great to have the Sunrise Service, I saw a lot of you there, everyone who showed up from our church at the Sunrise Service is here now, so you all get A pluses. Uh, I was, I was nervous. <laughs> Rick's asleep over there, yes. I, um, but we're, and it really wasn't, a, the sun had risen by the time we started. So it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't super early. Uh, Mineral Springs does theirs at 6.30 and I did the one in Nashville at 7. You know, way holier over here <laughs> than it is over there. Uh, so we're, we're really glad you're here. A um, couple of things I want to kind of clear up before we continue uh, it, it always worries me when our missions Sunday lands on Easter Sunday, and I want you to know that in a little after the service, after the sermon, we're going to take up a second offering. If you're visiting us, that's not for you. Like we're not saying, "Oh, more people are here on Easter. Let's pass the plates twice." It's what what's happening is we every third Sunday we take up a second offering for our missions fund. Um, it just happens to fall in the same category, the uh, same day, and so. Uh, we we do that for our members. Um, if you want to give, you can. But this isn't. Uh, we're not asking that you give um, a second time or even a first time. Uh, this church is completely free if if, it's, if you want it to be. Um, it is. I've always thought uh, there would be a good advertisement to put on the sign. Just we don't tithe, and people would just come in by the droves. Um, but anyway. This is a fantastic day for several reasons. Just, uh, we are just so blessed to have um, you all with us. Uh, We're very blessed to have um, something to gather around. You know, we gather around the table, but in essence, we're gathering around a resurrected Savior to to join together, worshiping a King who beat death for us, to to, uh, a Messiah who conquered death on our behalf. So we are very um, excited on every Sunday to celebrate this together. But this particular one is special. Um, because, like you said, like Johnny said, this is we're pretty good at estimating the day Jesus got out of the tomb. And this is as close as we can get. It was on the first day, we're pretty sure it was a Sunday. It was a Sunday after Passover, it's the best guess. And here we are, the Sunday after Passover, celebrating a risen Savior. Now, one of the things uh, that's difficult about following a risen Savior is the fact that on Sunday, or maybe maybe you come to church, uh, you know, not that often, and you you believe in the stuff the church believes in, but man, you're just tired of church. I get that. I do. Um, I think that church is best when you invest in it. I don't, think, I don't think it's great to just go to church. I think it's great to be a church. Um, and so maybe, maybe your life has been this split scene of, of the times where I, I, I'm worshiping God, the times where I'm worshiping God with the community. Um, the times when I'm reflecting upon a resurrected Savior and letting that influence my life. And then there's also these times where I'm, I'm not so much, right? It's, I, you may even lay in bed at night and wonder, what in the world is, is this even real? If you have questioned God in the last month, if you've questioned whether He even exists in the last month, I want you to know you're not alone. We have to have faith, and sometimes within faith, there's an element of doubt. I remember my dad used to do trust falls with me. He would say, stand behind me, Benjamin, I'm falling on you. And that was, never could catch him. He was so much bigger than I was. Well, that's not true. He would stand me in a chair, and I, he would make me look forward, and I would fall backward, and he would catch me. And that was sort of the game we played. I remember one time... In Target in Texarkana, I was probably nine or ten, and I said, "Catch me, Dad," and about i don 't know forty five degrees or so from the ground. Uh, I saw him <laughs> and now now here 's the thing though it's i didn 't stop trusting him after that, I stopped trusting my idea of him after that. <laughs> He's not always behind me. And so maybe you're thinking, well, God's not exactly who I always thought he was, and I'm not quite, I'm, sometimes I'm confused, and sometimes I don't know exactly what God's wanting from me. And you're right, I, I, don't, I don't think you're alone. Actually, what worries me the most is when people think they've got God all figured out. Because as soon as you've got God all figured out, He's a God you made up. Right? Because if, if I know everything about God, then I made everything up. But if there's something about God that confuses me, something about God that I'm, I'm taken aback by, or that I don't know everything about, then He made me up. He's the higher intelligence. And I'm just the created being. So we're going to have doubts. We're going to have moments where the whole Christianity, the whole church thing just doesn't make sense. We're going to have those moments. And I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily categorize those moments as like your worst moments. I just think they're your human moments. They're your moments where you realize, listen, I know God is great, and good, but I'm not all that sure about how I understand him, and I, sometimes it's just easier to give up. A lot of times when I run into people who don't believe in God, when they say, I don't believe in God, my, actually every time, my answer, my qu- next question is, which God do you not believe in? Tell me about the God you don't believe in. And they say, well, I don't believe in a God that would do this, and I don't believe in a God that would do that. And i was like, good. Me and you are actually on the same page. I don't believe in that God either. But I want to tell you about a God that I do believe in, a God that I do have, I, I catch glimpses of at times, and especially I can stare straight in the eye in the person of Jesus. I can, I can see God in the person of Jesus. I can see Jesus on the cross, and I can see Jesus giving Himself up for us, and I can see the resurrected Savior, and I can can see that God. Let me tell you about that God, the God who calls us to love as He has loved us, the God who calls us to forgive as we have been forgiven, the God who calls us to show mercy as He has shown mercy to us, the God who calls us not to judge, but but to love everyone equally, the God who sent His Son for us. I can tell you about that God. But the doubt, those moments of doubt, are just so common. I don't want you to feel guilty for them because it just happened. Do you know everybody, every single person who watched Jesus die on the cross thought with a hundred percent certainty that he would stay dead. Every single one of them. Do you know that? Everybody who saw him when he was, after he was resurrected, it scared the speech out of them. They had no idea what to do next. They they were confused. What's funny is, if you read the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew was there the whole time, followed Jesus all around, and all through the Gospel of Matthew, he's saying, this happened to fulfill that scripture, and that happened to fulfill this scripture, and this happened over here to fulfill that scripture. And they get to the resurrection, he says, I don't have a whole lot of scriptures for that. I'm not. He said, it happened. And it's hard to explain. He just got up out of the grave. We are such jerks when we decide. Well, you know that, that doubting Thomas, his friend, got out of the grave, and he doubted that happened. Yeah, everyone did. Everyone should have. It had never happened before. It was the strangest thing. They the, all the. Well, let's go back. All the Jesus had appeared to the, all the disciples. One day, and every single one of them was astonished and didn't believe until he came into the room. Every single one of them had a moment where they said, someone told them, Jesus is alive. And they said, that's, that's Greek. It's hard to <laughs> translate. But every single one of them didn't know. They didn't. They said, that's crazy. They said, the women are, full of, are talking nonsense. Full of nonsense, yes. Yeah. They didn't know. And so when we get to Thomas and we pick on Thomas because, oh, he's doubting Thomas, just change your birth certificate, Thomas, to doubting Thomas because that's what we're going to call you for the next 2,000 years is doubting Thomas. You know also there was doubting Peter and doubting James and doubting uh, Andrew and doubting Mary and doubting everybody. Everybody had their doubt. And I believe you do, too. And I want you to know that that's okay. Because faith isn't certainty. Faith is following even amidst uncertainty. Faith is continuing to follow Jesus even when you're uncertain about the whole thing. That's faith. So, Jesus appears to the ten of the disciples... Judas wasn't there, obviously. And Thomas was out getting groceries. I don't know what he was doing. But he was out. And he shows up and all 11 of them say, Hey, guess what you just missed? Now Thomas, also known as Didymus. uh, Didymus is uh, Hebrew for twin. One of the 12 was not... Actually, Thomas is also Hebrew, a Greek for uh, twin. Let me get that straight. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. Now, I've been here, right? I've been in this place. Where there's just there's just so much bad going on around you. You got to remember their day, their their past couple days. Jesus uh, was was arrested on Thursday, um, died on Friday. Now there's some people who say he arrested on Wednesday, died on Thursday. I don't care. But whatever the scenario was, he they had gone through a period where Jesus was arrested. He had died a horrible death after uh, just a completely unfair trial. He had um, died on a cross. They put him in a tomb, put a big rock in front of it, and now they—they're just existing without a leader. They're going to have to go back to their old professions. And Thomas comes in. They said, "We've seen the Lord." And he said, "Unless I, you know, unless I touch and feel these the, his hands and see his side, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not in. I just don't see it." Now, what's interesting is Thomas is this guy a lot, a lot like us. We have this twin sort of personality where there's one part of me where I'm just, nah, I'm, I'm out. I'm not investing in that again. And then there's other parts of us that are ready to die for the cause when, we, when, we, when we're feeling up to it. But Thomas was just this guy. Back in John chapter 10, or 11, I'm sorry. Now a man named Lazarus was sick He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, The sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Disciples, let's go back to Judea. Now they have some objections. But, Rabbi, a short while ago, the Jews there in the place you're saying we need to go tried to stone you, and yet you're going back. Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble for they have no life. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, "Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up." His disciples replied, and they just the completely they completely missed the analogy. "Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better." Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he they meant just natural sleep. So then, he told them plainly, "Lazarus is dead." And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, "Let us also go, that we may die with him." So we act like sometimes like Thomas is this guy who um, just doubted maybe all along. But he was the one who raised his hand and said, I'm going to follow Jesus even if it means I die too. Now history tells us that Thomas did indeed die too. He died for the cause. Not the day Jesus died. Thomas absolutely devoted to what was happening with this Jesus. Followed him even to his death. Now we find Thomas, after the resurrection, saying, no, I just can't see it. And again, of course he can't see it. Of course it's a hard thing to believe. I think it's the most shocking thing that Christians proclaim. If you follow the teachings of of Jesus, you'll go to heaven. That's nothing new. If you follow the teachings of Buddha, you get whatever they get. (laughs) Wasn't as much of a joke as I thought it was, but thanks, Charlie. If you follow the, if, if you will eventually, if you follow the teachings of any religion, you get a prize. Oh, your soul lives on forever. Every religion promises eternal life. The most shocking thing that that's being told by Christians when properly told is that Jesus rose from the grave and because he rose from the grave you too will rise from the grave. That's so shocking that we we have a hard time stomaching it thinking about it in full terms. I know I it, it won't be just that I'm going to die and then sort of live forever, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to not be dead anymore. Because Jesus rose from the tomb. And Thomas says, that is just something I can't fathom. And I think the world says, that's just something, you may say, that's just something I can't fathom. Look what happens next. A week later, I love that it wasn't just instantly. A week later, Thomas said, I don't believe it. And then he went through a week. Had his grocery shopping day, his laundry day, his weekend. And then a week later, they were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. He probably said, Shalom. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Now, a lot of times when we're calling on others to stop doubting and believe, it's just it's just cognitive. It's just in our brains. We say, "See here, you got to think about it the right way. And if you could just think about it the right way, then you'd believe. You could just understand it. See here, the." I can prove to you by the universe that it was created. I can prove to you intellectually that, that there is a God. And Jesus didn't come in with, his, with, his, with an intellectual understanding of things. He just came and showed him his hands. And I think that's still to this day the most powerful way to show others that the the Savior is resurrected, that God is still alive, that Jesus is still alive, is to just show them the hands of Jesus. Those Those are my hands now, doing His work on this earth. Loving people who are the hardest to love, taking care of people who need it the most, feeding those who cannot feed themselves, To the people that the world says, well, you need, a, you need to just get a job. We say, we love you and we understand brokenness. We've seen it before in our own lives and we, we know the Savior who can redeem it. Jesus didn't come to Thomas like a lot of us would and say, say, hey, if you don't believe, you can just go out, that, unlock the door, and go out. Doubter. I'm going to shove you in a box, and I'm going to write doubter on top of it with a sharpie. And tape it shut. We'll know where to put you. We all doubt. We also all have all had that moment where it was either through someone else, or through just an experience we can't explain and don't like talking about, where we felt the hands of Jesus in our life. The resurrected Savior can only be experienced through the community of believers. The resurrected Savior can only be worshipped through the community of believers. We experience it together. And so I'm going I'm to say this, and this is typical, this is very typical of a Church of Christ preacher on Easter Sunday. If you haven't been a part of a community of people that worship the resurrected Savior, you need to become a part of that community. But, said another way, this whole church thing is a representative or representation of the resurrected Savior. At the first of the year, I challenged um, the congregation that day, all those who were gathered together that day, to, um, a lot of you will say, man, I just, we come to church not that often, We're we're not super involved, we just don't know how to change that. Well, here's a simple step. Try to make six in a row. Just six in a row. That's it. You can do that. On the seventh, you get at nothing. You get nothing. But, we're still happy for you. Just six in a row, coming together with the same community. It can be this community. We would love for it to be this community of people, but I think you need to be in a community of believers. Because it's there and only there that you will truly find the hands and the feet of Jesus. In those moments of doubt and those moments of turmoil and those moments of struggle, that's the only place that you can reach out and touch the hands and feet and sides of Jesus, that you can experience that with Him. So six. Six isn't just... I didn't just pick a number. If you do something for six weeks, it gets ingrained in your head. If you do something six times... Every Sunday, for six Sundays in a row, it's the chances skyrocket of you doing it the seventh, you know, the eighth. Six weeks. Six weeks can save, change your life, it might can save your soul. But we have been shown the mercy of Jesus. Look what he says to Thomas. My Lord, Thomas says to him, My Lord and my God. Which, by the way, is the first time in John that someone calls Jesus my Lord. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's you. If you've believed that Jesus is who he says he is, if you've been united with him, living a life of repentance and being baptized into his name. That sort, of, that sort of union that happens there is unbreakable. It's hard to beat. When you can do that under the con, in the context of a group of people who love God and worship a resurrected Savior, I don't think anything can beat that. Notice again, this is not about, well, you've got to go to church every Sunday because of this and because of that. And if you don't go to church every Sunday, you at least know you need to go to church as much as I go to church. Because that's the gold standard. It's not about that. It's about being a part of a community. Being a part of a group of people who are trying their best to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this place. Let other people see that. Let other people experience it. So that even in their doubts, they might get to a place where they can say, my Lord and my God. If you haven't gotten to that place, today's the day. He's alive. He's resurrected. You need not wait another second. Today is your day. Hey, and if you get baptized, baptized on Easter, you can be one of those holy people who always remember when they were baptized. I forgot my date about 10 years ago. People just nod, shake their heads at me in despair. Today is the day. Jesus rose on this day. You too can become a new creature today. But make the decision today. And please do it while we stand and sing.